Hey everybody, I'm Christina Caramo and welcome to It's Solid Food. So nothing stays the same. Either it progresses worse or it progresses for the better. Are we a society that is really protecting our children? Is the body of Christ prepared for the depravity that we are facing? I would say no and no. <laughs> and that's what we'll be discussing. I'm Christina Caramo, and now it's time for some solid food. And welcome to It's Solid Food, where we discuss all things in Christian apologetics, culture, and politics. Again, I'm your host, Christina Caramo. So we as a society are really falling down the tube further. And it's like I seem so negative. Like every time I get ready to prepare an episode, you know, I want to write, um, do an episode about something positive going on in society. And it's just like, I just can't because I feel like God has called me to warn people. Um, I feel like I've had a very unique set of life experiences. And I, my personality, I will throw that, sprinkle a dash of that in there too, but I've, I've, I've had some interesting experiences. I've seen some interesting things. I know some interesting people. Um, interesting. You can interpret that however you want. However, I, I, my natural personality is kind of libertine. Shock. Yeah, you know, my personality is, I have a pretty libertine type personality. And so things don't really offend me. I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. That, <laughs> that is really my personality. Like in one, one of my episodes, I was talking about how, um, you know, like it just like gratuitous sex in, in movies and in television shows. And, and, and I'm, I don't want, you know, I, I am a Christian, so I always like to strive in honesty. And one of the things I don't like to sit here and pretend like I'm just so sanctified when I see something, I instantly clutch my pearls because I don't, you can say maybe I'm so desensitized to the culture. What actually irritates me more is the poor art. Like seriously, like I can throw a boob on the TV screen and people are going to look, oh, it's a boob, you know, but if that's cheap entertainment, but it takes more work to capture the audience's attention through good storyline, through good cinematography, that actually takes far more work than just cheap sex. Sex is very easy. You're going to get people's attention. It's just like if someone is walking down the street naked, everyone's going to look. Not even because we want to see the naked person, just because we're like, oh my God, you know, that's just how people are. So the following episode, will be dealing with how our society is becoming more and more depraved and entertainment and education are really being used as tools for the depravity of our society. And I can say a lot of the stuff myself, I'm not even morally pearl-clutching, just my personal self. But as a Christian, I'm grieved because it's like sin that people are staying in and then it's being marketed to our children. And that's the thing people don't get. So we're going to deal with some of those realities of how sin is being marketed to the children. And we need to be more cognizant of what we're exposing our kids to. And we need to speak up more as Christians in the culture. So what prompted this episode? Now, actually, I was going to do an episode about something totally different. And then yesterday, I'm on Facebook, and I see this advertisement here. I'm like, what in the word am I going to say? What is this? What is this? So as you can see, these are little girls. There's no mixing it up. There's no confusion. These are clearly little girls. 
I mean, they don't even have boobs yet. And I, and I know that sounds bad for me saying it like that, but they're little. They're girls who are just starting puberty. And look how sexualized they are. The one girl is sitting there with her legs spread apart. They have on belly tops. The one girl is on her hands and knees. You can see the bottom of her butt cheek. At what point did Netflix think this was okay? Now, and, and then check this out. This is the description of the show. This is the description of the show. Amy Eleven becomes fascinated with twerk with a twerking dance crew. Now, pause. Where would it, and a lot of eleven-year-olds know about this? Now, one of the things that I don't talk about a lot on the show because I am total mama bear, but I am a mother, and I remember when my daughter was in the fifth grade. She was talking about a girl at her school made a video of herself in her panties and a little bralette. I mean, we're talking about not even old enough to have one. She had on a bralette. Girl, ain't old enough to have on a bra. She's like nine years old. And she sat there and made a video of herself twerking and was sending it around to kids in the class in a, a half shirt in her panties. So this is the kind of stuff kids are seeing online, so they want to imitate that. So this is essentially what the story is about. The girl sees this, now she wants to do the same stuff herself. And then here's the rest of the description. So again, Amy Eleven becomes fascinated with a twerking dance crew, hoping to join them. She starts to explore her femininity, defying her family tradition. So now somehow a woman exploring her femininity is synonymous with being provocative. So a little girl on her hands and knees with the bottom of her butt cheeks hanging out, sexually posed, all these little girls, that's exploring your femininity. See, this is what we're talking about. So when the society says Christians are approved, it, and this ties into like a previous episode I had where I talked about how as we get older, do we get more conservative? And that's why I set up the show the way I did about my kind of naturally libertine personality. Because when I was growing up, I was a huge Eminem fan, okay? I listened to rap music. I listened to everything. I liked Tupac. I mean, that was that was me, Biggie, all of that, okay? And as I heard older people complaining about the lyrics and the music, I'm like, oh, what are they complaining about? Oh, you know, so what? And then I would hear Eminem say, well, people can't be mad at me about what I put in my songs. Y'all need to supervise your kids better. Now, check this out. Even though many parents don't provide that type of music for their children, it's still in the culture anyways. So, like, I personally, what I'll get into later, I'm totally against parents getting their kids cell phones. And I know I'm going to have some people in the comments like, I get my kid a phone, blah, blah, blah. That's nice. But let me tell you something. Whatever parent hack, you, whatever little parent password or protector you got on your phone, guess what? Your kid can hack it. And guess what? There's kids my, at my daughter's school. There is a little boy who they can pay money to hack their phones for them. And he knows software and everything that they, it's like a little button code they have. And, it, and they bring their computers, their tablets, their phones. And he knows how to put stuff where they can get around the parent lock. Trust me, these kids know, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And, and that's the thing parents don't understand. And, and, a lot, and a lot of parents are like, my kid would never. And it's really about how you train your kid. <sighs> you act like you weren't. A teenager and a kid. You act like you did everything your parents said. Really? Who did that? And some be like, well, that's about how you train your kids. You're you're going to be the first one with the daughter who's a stripper. I'm, I know that may sound mean, but it's just the truth. You can train your kids however you want. But if you are not guarding their eyes like you should, Satan is working really hard to get into their eyes. See, it used to be a time when we could depend on the rest of society 
to keep certain things hidden. As I talked about about two episodes ago, about how in society there's nothing new. Pornography, uh, nudity, I mean, all kinds of people walking around. That's nothing new. Nothing is new under the sun, literally. Literally. People have been doing the same stuff they're doing now for years. But the thing about it was people had enough sense of decency that they kept it private. So whatever dirt or filth they were doing, they would just keep it to themselves. But now we live in a point in society where it's like, let's celebrate it into the public square. Let's bring it all front and center. Let's teach it to small children. They will be free. They will be happy. They will be liberated. And so now that's where we're at in society, where depravity begets depravity. And that's what's happening. And so as when I was in my 20s, I didn't see it. I was like, oh, well, whatever. But now as I got older and then I'm a parent, I'm like, ooh, I get it now. I get it because my daughter comes home from school and I'm like, okay, no, that wasn't okay. What did the word of God say? I don't care what your friend said, but what about this? And and those are the things that parents have to be prepared to deal with and be, deal honestly with that. And that's why I'm like, I would never get her a phone unless it was like those jitterbug phones they show for like senior citizens where it's like five buttons you push and you can only call a number. Like, why do you need a smartphone? I'll get off into more of this in a moment. But but this is the problem. So the media and our entertainment industry, when people say stupid things like, oh, well, you know, we y'all act like y'all didn't listen to that when y'all were young. I don't care if I was a cracked out prostitute when I was 14 years old. It doesn't matter. No, I was not any of those things. But my point is that it doesn't matter. You don't put certain things in a public square and then are ignorant enough to think that, oh, well, that's up to parents to watch what their kids look at. In the, in the dawn of social media, you can, my daughter have come home from school and told me some of the most horrific things. Not because I've watched it, not because I've permitted her to watch it. I don't have, I don't, I, I don't watch anything like that. She doesn't have a cell phone. My sister has three boys who are younger than my daughters, who like the one is like just started kindergarten. So they're littler than her. So she's not learning from them. But she comes home and tells me like at school, they were talking about this. Mommy, what's this? Like, I remember she came home one time. Mommy, what's a hooked penis? Because guess what? Somebody at lunch had their cell phone out and was watching a Cardi B video where she was talking about it. This, this is what I'm talking about. So when people sit here and say dumb things like, oh, well, you know, kids, people need to watch their kids better. We as a culture have, this what they're saying it is, it takes a village to raise a child. That's true. So we as the culture have a responsibility. Have, have a responsibility to say this is not cool. You know, a long time ago, even hoes had dignity. And I, and I said it like that and I meant what I said. Hoes had dignity to a certain extent. Like, you know what? There's children. You got to have some sense of decency. You got to have some sense of respect. There's kids around. There's families around. Some stuff you got to keep to yourself. In our culture, it's none of that. It's none of that. People have zero respect. They're like, I don't care. F these kids. I'm going to do what I want. If they see it, oh, well. Guess they need to learn early. This is the attitude of our culture. But here's the thing. This was the title of the show. Depravity begets depravity. Because that's the thing. Once you make, make something sociably acceptable, it only gets worse. The reason why I made the comment that hoes had some respect, because it was not a socially acceptable practice to be one. So since it wasn't socially acceptable, they knew it was something that I really shouldn't be doing, so they kept it to themselves, to their few customers. They kept it to themselves. But when you, as a society, say, oh, no, this is permissible because people are doing it, it only gets worse. It only gets worse. 
And this isn't just in, in education, but it's in academia. And it's been going on for a long time. As I've said before, and I will say it again, the sexual revolution has been the most destructive force in American history. It's been the most destructive movement in American history. I don't care what anybody says. It has given us such brokenness and confusion. See, the thing about it is, is Satan is going after kids where they're smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And the younger they are, the harder he goes after them. It's easier to get them. But the media and entertainment industry and education system are being used as integral tools to get your children. So I am... Um, I sit on the sex education board for DPS, Detroit Public Schools. And personally, I don't even think the government should be in the sex education business. I don't think the government should be involved at all. But since they are, I figure as a Christian, I'm going to go see what's going on. I just knew in my spirit when I signed up, it was going to be some foolishness. And lo and behold, it was. So first, they want to teach kids about gender identity and sexual orientation. Okay, First of all, according to our bylaws, we are an abstinence-based program. Our goal is pregnancy prevention, STD prevention. Now, I understand we're in a secular environment. I am not environment. I am not saying that kids who identify as gay, lesbian, transgender, whatever, should be quiet. They should be able to speak. I teach in a secular environment. My students identify as all types of things. I respect them. I treat them with love and kindness. So don't get it twisted, okay? I'm always kind and respectful for them. I never share my opinion. I keep it to myself. I let them speak and I just move on. I don't ever try to silence them. So let's just make that clear. However, there's a big difference between allowing all students to have a plaque to say how they feel than the district itself promoting something. So each time I had to complain, like, wait a minute, this is not cool. Do not sit and teach kids that it's okay to explore gender identity. Because what happens is, is we know that if somebody has a different opinion, number one, don't teach my kid that because that's not true. And I don't need to teach my kid that all things are okay to be kind to people. You be kind to people regardless. You don't have to agree with people's lifestyle to be kind to them. You're supposed to be kind to them because they're a fellow human being. But don't sit here and try to tell me that somehow I have to accept and promote a certain behavior and lifestyle in order to be kind to somebody. And then you're going to teach that to people's children. And then on top of it all, you're not even giving a space for people who don't agree. Because the moment somebody doesn't agree, go, oh, well, you know, people do it. We live in a new time. I don't care what people, we don't live in a new time. People are so ignorant. Read your Bible. Read, 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 read the Bible. Read the Bible. People have been doing the same thing for thousands of years. There's nothing new. There's nothing modern. They just go through phases. We, we follow God, we rebel. We follow God, rebel. Look at, look at the Old Testament. Read your, I know a lot of pastors are so weak. They don't want to tell, they don't want to read the Old Testament. Oh, the God in the Old Testament was, was a mean God and all this other stupid stuff. People think it's the same God. Ain't no different guys. Yahweh is one. What are you talking about? We saw his judgment and his mercy. New Testament, you see his judgment and his mercy. Have you read Revelations? So, so I don't want to hear that. It's nonsense. But nevertheless, nevertheless, they did it again and again. And so here's the last stunt. Last night, now they told us that, well, sex ed, and I complain each time. And I, and I was like, listen, if we're going to be teaching kids about sexual orientation, we're going to naturally have to teach them, talk to them about how various orientations have sex. So you're really about to sit here and teach little kids that anal sex is healthy and safe? you really about to teach that to kids? you really about to teach that to kids? you you going to tell that lie? Because I got a bunch of statistics that tells otherwise. I did it on like my third show. I talked about it. you really going to tell kids that? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Then here's the kicker part. For the for kindergarten through second grade, they first they told us fourth grade and up. 
Now they got a lesson for kindergarten through second grade about good touch and bad touch. Which naturally, I actually don't have a problem with that because in my educational experience, as far as being a teacher, I've had students who've been victims of sexual molestation. And a lot of times, when we think to kids who've been victims of sexual molestation, we're thinking just like adults. No, there's kids who molest kids. Remember that. That's why you don't let everybody watch your kids. There's kids who molest kids. That's a massive problem. So I was like, okay, that's not bad. That's that's fine. And it it, it was the lesson about. Not letting people touch you. It was a fine lesson. It was like, you know, don't let anybody touch any part of your body that covers your underwear and your undergarments. And if and if they do, go tell a trusted adult right away. Tell them no and go tell a trusted adult right away. Fine. In that lesson, they also had something about the nuclear family. Pause. What does that have to do with, with sex education? What, what does that have to do with anything? Absolutely nothing. Detroit public schools, not a doggone thing. So now you got in there talking about, oh, well, traditionally the nuclear family was one mom and one dad. But now we have all kinds of nuclear families. I mean, all kinds of families. The modern family is different. I'm a single parent. There is no way in the world I'm okay with you telling my kid being a single parent is okay. I'm not. I'm divorced and it's hard. It's very hard. There's no way in the world I want you telling my kid that that's okay and that's normal. Even though that's the that's the situation I am in at this moment, I still tell my daughter it's horrible. It's horrible. And you don't want this for your life. And then on top of it all, oh, you're over here not telling kids, oh, some people got two mommies and two daddies. You're talking about kindergarten through second grade. So now that kindergarten or second grade, you're going to tell some of them that some people got two mommies and two daddies. Now they got to go back to their parents and then they're going to ask the question, well, how do people get two mommies and two daddies? How did that work? No, it's the parent and their homosexual lover. That's what's going on. Now they got to sit here, they got to go home, and the parent got to start explaining to them about sexuality and people having sex. They got to explain all this stuff to their five-year-old. Why, Detroit? Why? This isn't just happening in Detroit. It's happening all over America. This is why elections matter. Y'all see why I'm a conservative. Because it doesn't matter. And that's my point. People don't have respect in our society because we've normalized things. That's my point. There was a time where people did certain things but they didn't go and parade it to children. And if you you want any indication what I'm talking about, we're gonna start with with we're gonna we're gonna morph from bad to worse. I wasn't really sure what order I was gonna go in, but from bad to worse. And this is what our society is going. So Teen Vogue, Teen Vogue markets to uh, younger people. They market their their market their uh, their magazine, their website, Teen Vogue. So we're talking about people like maybe 11. So I would say like 16, because typically 17 and 18 year olds are not reading Teen Vogue. They're reading Vogue or Cosmo. So nevertheless, here is from the, the, the WAP video. So we I talked about that a few weeks ago. But if you don't know what WAP means, I'm not going to say on the show because this is a Christian show. I'm just going to leave it like that. If you, you, if you think about it, if you can look it up online, but here you go. So now Teen Vogue is selling WAP gear. Okay, women who appear to be nude with their tongues hanging out their mouth, talking about their vaginas. This is what Teen Vogue is marketing to young girls. Then they had, and let's not forget Teen Vogue. This is actually mild for Teen Vogue. Because let's not forget their anal sex article. How anal, uh, how to have anal sex. So why does a 13-year-old need to know how to have anal sex, Teen Vogue? This is the kind of stuff that's going on in the culture. But y'all keep saying, oh, well... We don't need to be worrying about that. Remember when we were younger? I'm sorry. I, I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. No. 
Then here's another article from Teen Vogue. WAP. Reaction shows how threatened men are by female sexuality. Well, last time you checked, I'm not a man. I'm a woman. And in my last episode, I went through scripture detailing how God gave women the capacity for an orgasm. He gave us the... Um, the body parts for an orgasm. So clearly God doesn't have a problem with women enjoying sex. The problem is the context in which you are enjoying it. So if you want to wear one of them sexy outfits they got on for your husband, that is of no problem. But not for a man you're not married to, not for the general public, not for some lady, for your spouse. That is it. So I went, went, we walked through scripture already going over how God wants us to enjoy our sex lives with our spouse, not with other people. So that's stupid. That's just a lie. But that's a satanic delusion. See, Satan is crafty. He's not smart. He's just crafty. He knows how to trick people. He's been at this for thousands of years. Okay. You know, let's, 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 let's put some things in perspective here for people. Okay. We as humans, the oldest people live to be about 120 years old. Okay. So you still got some growing to do. You don't come out, boop, as an adult. <laughs> okay. You start off as an infant, a newborn, an infant, a toddler, so on and so forth and so forth. Satan has been at this for thousands of years and he has been watching people, him and his little army of demons. They've been watching people for thousands of years and they know exactly what to do to get people. They know exactly what to do. So you think you're coming up with something new and revolutionary. What he, do, what he does is he distorts the truth. That's his number one weapon is distorting the truth. He twists things around, takes a little bit of truth with a little bit of lie. And then it's easy to deceive you because you see the truth, but you don't see the lie. But see, if people read their Bibles, if people study history, you would see what's happening before your eyes. But you do neither, so you're fooled again. Again, you can see Satan's tricks and devices around the world. He's not crafty. Like I had somebody said to me once before, talking about, oh, well, you know, the Greeks and the Romans, they got their pantheon from Egypt. That came from Kemet and all this. First of all, if you look at all pagan religions around the world, I don't care if you go to Korea, I don't care if you go to Egypt, I don't care if you go to Nigeria, if you go to, to uh, South America, all pagan, all pantheistic religions got the same type of pantheon. They got a sky god, a sun god, a sea god, a, a god for war, a god for death, a god for fertility, a god for family, a god for this, a god for that. They all, it's the same thing. It's the same pantheon. It's the same pantheon with different names and the characters look like the people who are indigenous to the area. Nothing special, nothing new. Satan is not smart. He's just crafty. And he know to trick you because you don't pay attention. <sighs> Moving along. Moving along. Teen Vogue back at it again. Here we go. 23 masturbation stories. Girls get real about self-love. And the byline is because solo sex is totally normal and healthy. So that's that's what Teen, teen Vogue does. They teach, and remember, remember, people, you know, when you think about it, kids typically like stuff a little bit older than them. So who's reading Teen Vogue? This is what we want kids learning? Oh, we're not finished with Teen Vogue. And as I said, we're going from bad to worse. Coronavirus sex guidelines must consider virtual safety. Virtual safety? The coronavirus pandemic means more people. More people are online. So I guess people not have virtual sex. Here we go. Another one. Putting sexual pleasure in the spotlight. Teen Vogue in the case for her D and AD New Blood Award winners. These young people are finding unique ways to talk about sexual pleasure. See, what's wrong in America is we've made sex a god. We've made an idol out of sex. That's what's happened. We've made an idol out of sex, and now it's a form of self-worship. It's the, it's the, I, I, when you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, 
And you got these these levels. So the first is like food and safety and love and relationship. And it, and it goes up and up and up and up. like it's, it's almost like a step pyramid. And the highest thing that you want, those needs, the ultimate need is self-actualization. Which that can only be achieved through God because you're made in the likeness and image of God. So to know who you really are, you first must have a relationship with God. That's the first thing you need. Because it's like me trying to operate something without the instruction manual. So if you don't know your creator, how can you really self-actualize? You can't know who you are. The thing about it is you are made in the image of God. You are a human being who God loves and cares about. And Jesus died for your sins. So you won't have to pay the penalty for hell, which you so deserve. You don't understand how much you need God. That is your self-actualization. It's not you. It's him. That's what you're doing. Not you. But our culture has used sex to be the tool of self-actualization. It's our ultimate form of self. And the thing about it is in America, we celebrated with the sexual revolution. First, it was Cosmo. And I talked about them a lot. I talk about them all the time. They're always pushing Helen Gurley Brown, love to push the sex. Remember her book, Sex and the Single Girl? And her book was just about how, you know, women should have it all, have a, a fabulous sex life, a fabulous career, a fabulous apartment in New York City, a fabulous wardrobe, be the greatest cook, have the best looking home. And women were dying of heart attacks to get it. Because it's unrealistic. You can't do it all by yourself. She sold women a lie. She sold women a lie. And that's what happened. And so they start telling women, go have sex outside of marriage. Premarital sex is your liberation. It becomes slavery. From the fragile family and well-being study, we can see how having kids outside of wedlock makes a woman's life so exponentially harder. In fact, the telomeres, which are the end caps of a chromosome on a child, but get significantly shorter when they are raised in a home without their dad. So they sold women a lie. You know how many women are walking around with scars from their abortions? Let's talk about that. There's tons of them who are walking around with all kind of heartbreak and hurt from the abortions that they have received. You want to talk to a miserable woman? Talk to a woman who had an abortion and went on to never have kids again. That's a miserable woman. But we don't talk about that. We just celebrate sexual rebellion. Sexual rebellion. Most people in the church, you talk to most people who claim to be Christian and ask them and ask them, oh, well, do you believe in sex outside of marriage? Oh, well, you know, um, <laughs> I just can't do it. Okay, well, then you are in love with yourself more than God. It's one thing to say, you know what? I struggle with that. It's really tough. I'm trying. I stumble at it. That's not okay. But see, you're trying. You recognize that it's wrong. People don't care. They don't care. Remember on The Bachelor? Bachelorette, I mean, I think. And the, and the one young man was like, well, I don't believe in having sex outside of marriage. I don't know why he went on Bachelorette in the first place, if that was your position, because you already know what that show was about, but I digress. He said to the girl that he didn't believe in having sex outside of marriage. He's like, well, you're a Christian. How, how can you do this? She's like, well, I don't see anything wrong with it. That's what people's problem. You know, I'm, <laughs> I just wrapped up the book of Judges. And... Excuse me. One of the important things about the book of Judges is you. one thing people need to understand about the Bible. Everything in the Bible, that doesn't mean that God approved of it happened. They're simply recalling what happened. So in the book of Judges, I mean, Israel just kept clowning over and over and over again. And one of the things that you kept seeing in the book of Judges 
is they did what was right in their own eyes. In those days, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And it brought Israel so many problems because they kept doing what was right in their own eyes. And pastors don't teach out the Old Testament anymore. They just want to teach you a bunch of lollipop stuff about how you're going to get your breakthrough. That's not what the gospel is about. Jesus didn't die for you to get your personal breakthrough. He came to save you from hell. What are you talking about? Anyway, anyway, but in the book of Judges, it kept saying everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And that's exactly what our society is doing right now. You have a bunch of people who profess to be Christians that are literally doing what's right in their own eyes. That's what's happening. And they don't care because they're having fun. They're living their best life. But this is the thing about it. And when you tell people, well, God is a judge, baby, that should scare you. Because God is a judge. That means he's going to judge your heart. God knows the difference between a person who has fornicated and or, or done something sinful and wrong. And it's like, God, I'm sorry. Help me. I'm trying. I messed up. Then the person's like, I don't care. He knows the difference. That means you don't even care. And I wonder, are you even really a Christian? Because for you to just disregard, disregard scripture like, I don't care. I, I have to seriously question. I remember John MacArthur said, people say they're Christian and we never ask them, are you really? Are you really saved? That doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. And that's what I keep telling people. The Christian life is not one of perfection, but repentance. I got some issues. I got some problems. I'm, I'm telling you I do. I'm being honest. I got issues myself. And I ask God for help. I ask God to cleanse me. I fall on my face and I repent. And I actually take active steps to not do it again. I don't just say, oh God, I don't care. I got issues. That's not an excuse. And that's what's playing out for our culture. And the kids are a hot mess. Half of the parents out here got revolving bedroom doors like y'all ain't got no dignity. You out here living like a hoe and you got kids. What is going to happen with your children? Really? That goes for men and women. I'm not just talking about women. I'm talking about men too. Y'all have no dignity. Y'all have no respect for yourselves, for your children. It's because society has permitted it. That's what I keep saying. Depravity begets depravity. I was talking to my father earlier. He was like, yeah, when I was growing up, there were people like that too. I said, yeah, but see, even though there was people out there doing that kind of stuff, the culture didn't permit it. So you got less of it. Because people were less likely to do these things because they knew it was wrong. So that means they were less likely to do bad stuff or wrong stuff, and they did it for a shorter period of time. See, if I know something is bad, I'm less likely to keep doing it. It's just really that simple. But no, 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 we don't, we don't want to do that. So I'm going to take a quick break right here. I'm Christina Caramo, and you're watching It's Solid Food. And welcome back. I'm Christina Caramo and it's Solid Food where we discuss all things in Christian apologetics, culture, and politics. So as I was saying before, as I was saying before, our societies totally went off the rails. That, that made me so angry. But folks, as I told you, we get from bad to worse. And that's the nature of the sexual revolution. So at first it was like, okay, it's all right to fornicate. It's all right to have sex with people of the same sex. Now let's be transgender. Now let's do this. Now let's do that. Now let's do this. Now it's moving, moving, moving to the point our society's normalized pedophilia. And people think that that's crazy. But it's happening before our eyes as you saw that photo with those little girls. But it gets worse. And even in the education system. I remember um, Barack Obama, when he first became president in 2008, he appointed all these different czars. 
So they be, basically were people who were not appointed, were not elected. They didn't have to go through the Senate confirmation. They were appointed by him, but they didn't have to go through a Senate confirmation office because it wasn't a cabinet position. And one of the worst examples of this, he, he had a guy who was like his safe school czar or whatever. And this guy was on video talking to little, talking to little kids, like talking to high school kids about fisting, which is gross. Don't look it up. It's real nasty. But I had to say it because this is what he was doing. And like somebody had on camera talking about it in front of like a bunch of high schoolers and people are like, well, why would you have a man like this talking to a group of kids? Like, what's wrong with you? But no, this doesn't happen just in America. I think the case in Australia is even worse. So <clears throat> check this out. So I remember on an episode from my, I was like, I used to make short videos. This man in Australia, it was this guy named George Christensen, who was one of their um, AP, uh, MP. So basically like a senator or a legislator, some kind of legislator in Australia. And the state, the government in Australia had picked this man as their safe schools advocate who of support and is okay with pedophilia. And so George Christensen, who's the MP, is like, how are you going to have a man who supports pedophilia head your safe schools program his guy the guy's name is gary dowsett and he's deputy director for latrobe university sex health and society section okay and and this is what he had wrote an article and this was in the 70s i think it's 70s or 80s but okay uh can't see on the page but nevertheless it was for a magazine called Gay Information. And the article he wrote was titled Boiled Lollies and Band-Aids, Gay Men and Kids. Now, that was the name of the article, okay? So he kind of tried to set the article up like he was just talking about how did gay men relate to children. Well, I mean, how does anybody relate to children? It depends on the relationship. If that's their parent, it's their parent. It doesn't mean that's a silly article, but he has a second agenda in the article. And it says, gay men relate to children as parents and teachers, friends and lovers. Lovers? Lovers? What? What are political as well as emotional dimensions of these relationships? Do they need to be radically transformed? Pause on the lovers. Relate to children as parents. Okay, duh. If a parent is gay, they don't have a relationship with their child anymore. I mean, what kind of craziness are you talking about? But lovers, that's what's concerning. In the article, you can even see up here where he says, it's a well, the quote they have standing out. First, we have three legal social questions to win. Custody rights for gay men and lesbians and legal rights of pedophiles and their young loves. And finally, the sexual rights of children as a whole. What? What? And in Australia, they wanted, they got this man heading their safe schools program in Australia. Even though this MP called him out like this, it's pedophilia. This man is okay. He supports pedophilia. See, what you guys have to understand about the sexual liberation movement the whole point was to sexually liberate everybody, literally, like everybody, kids included. It was to sexually liberate everybody that there were no constraints on people to engage in any kind of sexual, act, sexual activity that they want. And that includes children, that children shouldn't be restrained sexually. That's the nest. That is why I said depravity begets depravity. See, everybody was cool with the sexual revolution when you could go have sex with your boyfriend when you could go get your abortion, you was cool with it then. But now you got these pedophiles up, you're mad, as you should be. But you are complicit in the system. And guess what? In my past, I have been too. I have been too. Because I didn't see anything wrong with sexual sin. I saw it was wrong, but I just was like, well, you know, we're dating. When I was like 18, 19, oh, we're dating. But what does the word of God say? Culture doesn't care. And that's when I say we're all complicit. We're, we all are. Most of us, 
If you ever at some point in your life engaged in or been okay with sexual sin, you have had a pan in this problem. Just admit it. Just admit it. And, and the article gets worse. You're thinking, how can it get worse? Oh, it gets worse. Then he goes on to say, many mothers and some fathers will agree that children are sexual and genetic, and, excuse me, and generate sexual response in their parents. What? What is he talking about? Then he goes on to say, cuddling, breastfeeding, bathing together, playing, kissing, and fondling kids are immensely pleasurable activities for them and for us. Who fondles a kid? What parent fondles their child? The only time any parent, at least that I know of, touched their kid's genitals was to change their diaper. But it was not pleasurable in a sexual sense. Breastfeeding is very bonding. It's extremely bonding, but not in a sexual way. What are you talking about? Then he goes on to say, um, and it's not uncommon to feel sexually aroused by that closeness, that touch, and that love. Who feels sexually aroused by their child? Who? Who does that? Then he goes on to say, how different then is the gentle, tentative sexuality between parents and child from that love of a pedophile and his or her lover? This whole article he's advocating for pedophilia. He's saying it's no different. Then he goes on to say, and then I'm, I'm going to stop here because you're, you're probably ready to throw up in your mouth. Then he goes on to say, those games must be one for kids. Two, we need to protect our youthful partners and pedophilia against the legal and social management systems that treat them as delinquents. But for all kids, there are rights to be won and struggles to be waged against institutions that deny them power and their sexual rights. Schools, reformatories, churches, scouts, guides, and, and struggles also against the individual who would do the same. The abusive parent, the authoritarian teacher, the minister of youth affairs, who would deny an abortion for a state war and, and the child rapist. These are their power as adults to confide in and restrict a child's lives. And he goes on to just basically advocate for kids and adults to have sex. But the thing about it is, you see, in his mind, their kids can consent to sex. See, that's the point of the, uh, the sexual liberation movement. The sexual liberation movement was about liberating everybody sexually. So in his mind, kids should be sexually liberated as well. And so with kids being sexually liberated, a kid can be raped. But if a kid consents to sex with an adult, it should be permitted. Because he's saying that even parents get sexual stimulation from caring for their children. Some parents, according to him, fondle their children. So since parents get sexual stimulation from fondling and caring for their child, how is it wrong for a, an adult and a child to have a sexual relationship? And in Australia, he's their safe schools leader. And this is happening all over in America, in the UK. And the church is sitting there like, when are you going to get your breakthrough? And, and it gets worse. And you're like, it gets worse. Oh, it gets worse. Right in the good old North America. This right here is a child named Queen Letitia. Now, the boy is older now. He's probably like 13. But at the time of this, he was like 11. In this photo are a bunch of little boys in dresses and makeup. Again, Christians are just overreacting. 
Why are little boys in dresses and makeup? Don't get me started on Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. They're just parading that little boy around like he is just a sexual object, like he's just a sex toy. Why are we talking about the sexual choices and, 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 and the sexual desires of a child? That's pedophilic. Ain't no way to slice it or dice it. It's inherently pedophilic. The sexual proclivities of a child should never be for public consumption. But I guess that's how they get their fame. And that's why they're popular now. Just saying. And it gets worse. This is the little boy Queen Letitia here. That's what he calls himself. His real name, I do not know. And I wouldn't say if I did. But this little boy here, right now, he is in a dress with a naked man. But again, since they're in drag, oh, sparkles and glitter, everybody. Since they're in drag, it's okay for this little boy to be in a dress with a totally naked man. But he has on heels and a wig. So, you know, of course it's not pedophilic because he has on heels and a wig. This picture here is even more vulgar. Cover your eyes if you got a weak stomach. This man is totally naked with glitter on his genitals with a little boy in a dress. And this is at the Austin Drag Festival. This is right in Texas. At the International Austin Drag Fest. But again, since they're drag, it's totally all right for this man to have his penis like a foot away from this kid's face. Who cares, right? Because it's drag. This is the pedophilia that's being advocated and normalized in our society. And the church is still talking about when you're going to get your breakthrough. Oh, I can't stand these weak pastors. I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to leave it right there. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. It's like, where are you at, church? In Romans 1.32, it says, Although they know God's righteous decree, that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. So we are not to be approving of people practicing this type of behavior. That don't mean we got to harass people, but we should not be permitting this in the public square, especially unchallenged. But most people aren't challenging it because they mock, the, mock us. But as the entertainment and educational system just gets more and more depraved, again, depravity begets depravity. And they, it's, it's, you know, it's big cash on sex. It is. And they begin to promote it mainstream. But parents are so negligent. Now, what do you do as a parent to protect your child? One of the things, y'all need to get them cell phones out your kid's head. Like I said before, hands. Like I said before, unless you got the, the jitterbug. You guys in the commercial? You got the jitterbug. Okay, unless it's a jitterbug you get in your kid or some kind of like Dick Tracy type watch where you, they like five numbers they can call. And I know some parents, don't, don't shut me down. Don't shut me down. My, my pastor say, don't shut me down because I'm preaching. You know, but the, the thing about it is, is that you are putting a device in your child's hand that they have literal access to anything. Anything. These kids are all on the dark web. They're all on the dark web or the deep net or whatever people call it. Basically like an underground internet where people traffic all kind of stuff. And it's not... All of it is bad, but people go there to do bad stuff like mm, sell child porn, traffic people sexually, stuff like that. Hire hitmen, sell drugs, you know, that kind of stuff. So you, you can't just put this in your child's hand. You have to be watchful. And too many parents put their kid on a cell phone or a tablet because they don't want to be bothered. They want quiet time. And the thing about it is cell phone is not your kid's babysitter. It's not there to raise your child. That's your job. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to provide your kid with any kind of entertainment. I'm not. 
Not saying that. But I think it's negligent for parents to buy their kids a cell phone, a smartphone. Now, I know somebody's going to be like, well, you don't understand my situation. Okay, I understand that, but you don't understand what's going on in these phones. And like I told you earlier, just because you think that you put, and guess what? We aren't the first parents. This is not the first generation of people to be a single parent, not first generation of people to be a working parent. I mean, this is not new. People have been dealing with this for since forever. And like I said, there's other communication devices that don't require for your child to have internet access. Just look. And that's the thing people need to, and I'm, com- this, I'm coming from a, the position not just as a parent, but as a teacher. And see, the thing about my job is that I teach high school kids college classes, okay? I never meet their parents. So many things the students say to me, they never say to you. They never say to you. And sometimes my daughter's like, how did you know that, mommy? I'm like, because your mommy is a teacher, okay? I hear about it at work. But see, people who are teachers and they're parents, we approach parenting on a whole other level. We like, oh, we already know what's on game. We know about that, that, and that. Mm-hmm, we're watching. But a lot of people aren't, so they don't know what's going on. And a lot of people are naive and think, my kid would never look at such a thing. My kid is just playing games. If you think, <laughs> come on, Holy Ghost, if you think that your child is just playing games and have never seen anything pornographic on that cell phone or tablet, you are fooling yourself unless they don't know how to spell, either by on purpose or on accident. Even like Roblox, it don't matter. People are doing all these. Some of these people are so sick. They will go on like YouTube Kids. A lot of people don't hate YouTube Kids. It's safe. YouTube Kids. Okay, unless you're looking for the lady who got that website called Queer Kid Stuff. Like, why are we talking about sexuality in children? Like, our society is so wicked. Like, why is this even for public consumption? So, there's people who will go, like, on YouTube for kids and make a video like Elmo and Friends. And it'll be like Elmo having sex or something wild like that. But the parent doesn't know because it's Elmo and Friends. And it's on YouTube Kids. And you got sick people who get off on putting pornographic material on a kid's site that's like a free upload site. Parents don't know. So either if your child sought it out, if they can spell, or they stumbled upon it by mistake. If you think your kid haven't seen something sexually inappropriate, you are fooling yourself. Because they have. Because it's the internet. And even if you think, I put parent locks on there, I put these locks on there, they know how to hack them. And if they don't, they have a friend who does. And all they have to do is put in a couple little buttons on their computer, tablet, cell phone, do, 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 do. And, and it goes right back up to the lock screen. And they know how to do, 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 open it back up. Kids are slick. Kids are slick. Just give you a few statistics regarding cell phones. This uh, 2019 survey by, uh, survey states that 42% of kids spend 30 plus hours a week on their phone. Not to mention there, it affects their uh, their speaking abilities. It has harmed the kids' abilities to focus, um, their communication skills. A lot of kids struggle with communication skills. They just sit on their phone. And the thing about the virtual world is so entertaining. And this is the thing. Like, this is beyond even a sexually explicit content your kids being exposed to, it's like you can totally control it. Like, and even adults, I've been I've been guilty of this. Like, I actually have like a tracker on my phone. I I I, I put I, I couldn't I stopped using my phone at a certain time of day. I had to put myself on like a diet. Even adults. So how much more hard is it for a kid? 
you know, but like as soon as one app is boring, you switch to another, you switch to another. So it's just like such high stimulation. So when you're dealing with an adult, we understand that life has highs and lows, right? You might go do something fun with your friends. It's a high. Then you go to work or something else boring and it's a low. Okay. We understand that, but kids don't get that. They already want to play, 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 play anyway. So you already take the mind of a child where they just want to play 24 seven and you give them a device that's extreme stimulation, extreme stimulation. They don't understand how to focus in class because they're like, I'm not used to this thing boring. When I'm at home, I'm on my device and I'm constantly stimulated. Now you want me to sit in an unstimulating situation? <laughs> Good luck, teacher. You know, it's just crazy. But that's a separate point. And it says, are kids becoming cell phone addicts? 42% of kids spend 30 plus hours a week on their cell phones. Are phones a guilty pleasure time for parents? Four in 10 parents allow their kids to use phones so they can enjoy peace and quiet. 40% admit that admit to allowing kids to use cell phones to give themselves a break. Now, here's the thing. I am not saying that it is morally wrong to allow your your kid to have time on a tablet or phone. But let me explain what I mean by giving your kid a phone. Let's say you have a family tablet or whatever. You have a tablet of your own and you allow your child, can I see your tablet? Yeah, under my supervision or whatever. Or if you remove the internet or something like that, like it's just like a video game where you have to play it in my presence. You got to put some rules and stipulations on there. You can't just, here you go, kid. Okay. And that's not necessarily wrong, but the question is how long do you do that? Do you say, okay, it's Saturday. Um, mommy about to read a book. You sit over there and you can play games on my tablet or whatever. Okay. But is this like a regular thing that you do? That's a problem. 57% of kids mainly use their phones for gaming. If they were doing something else, they tell you, and all it takes is them to see something like a WAP video one time. They don't need to keep watching it, folks. It's like the thing about sex is like a it's like a bell ring. Once that bell is wrong, it stay wrong. It don't just go away. Um, completing homework is the least popular activity on phones. Eighteen percent, nearly seventy percent of parents think they use their cell phones. The use of cell phones has a positive effect on their child's development. I strongly disagree. Twenty-five uh, percent of parents admit to spending up to two hundred fifty dollars for two hundred fifty dollars on a kid's cell phone. And here's the thing. Add to, to add to it, when it comes to teenagers, it's even worse. When it comes to teenagers, they spend more than seven hours on screens for entertainment a day. So your teenagers, so when people talk about, oh, well, people need to watch their kids. When they got that cell phone and them earbuds in, you have no idea what they're listening to or watching. They're quiet and they're peaceful. So you're like, okay, they're fine. No, they're not fine. They're being exposed to all kinds of content that will corrupt their spirit. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me grab my Bible. And turn on to Galatians 5. And just, you know, I just think I'm, I'm going to read this here. Because folks don't take it serious. I got to remember 5 through 6, 16, uh, verse 16. I'm going to read this real quick and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. But I say, 16 through 26. But I say... Walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And that's the thing. See, you have to have a close relationship with God. I, it's this uh, minister, uh, uh, David Lynn from Christ Forgiveness Ministries. I want to meet this guy. To me, he is hilarious. Like I'm one of those people, I laugh at totally inappropriate times. I do. Like people get upset with me like, that's not funny. Why are you laughing? I'm like, this is hilarious. It shouldn't be funny, but I just, I love this guy. So he is just like, he's just like such a bold street preacher right out of Toronto. 
And he was doing, he was in talking to this young man. He was like, the young man was like, I want to stop sinning. And, and, and I've had that problem in my life. Like, I want to do the right thing, God, but it's so hard. But the thing about it, you got to spend time in the word of God. You got to pray. You got to pray and spend time studying your Bible on a day-to-day basis. Like you need food, you need to pray and read your Bible. Because the thing about it is you can't do it by yourself. You're, you, humans are so depraved. We're totally incapable of righteousness alone. It's only through Christ we can live any semblance of a righteous life. If you think you can be a, first of all, none of us are good, but if you think you can live in righteousness without spending time in the word of God, you are fooling yourself. We have a predisposition to sin. So we got to spend time in the word of God on an everyday basis. Goes on to say, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. So there's always this internal war. So even if you are a person that I'm a Christian, I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and I want to live right. You just don't spend time in the word of God. It is impossible for you to live right. You can't do it. I had to learn that. I can't. I have to. I, I got to stay knee deep in the word. Knee deep. Knee deep. Okay. For these are opposed to each other. It's to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not led. You are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such such things will not. Let me say it one more time. Will not. One more time. Will not. Let's make a song to it. Will not. Okay. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. So in other words, you're going to go burn in hell. This is why this stuff is so important. See, it's people's souls on the line. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's, and I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today. I'm like, the church not speaking. That's like I was telling my friend, I said, that's like if I saw you in the middle of the street about to get ran over by a bus. And I'm just like, oh, he'll be okay. He's enjoying himself. I don't want to disturb him because he's having so much fun. It's like, no, my friend's about to get ran over by a bus. I got to say something. That's why Christians have to be bold. Because it's like, some of our friends are going to go to hell. That hurts me. That bothers me. How does that not bother you? My family. I got people I truly love who are on their way to hell. It, it bothers me to my core. How can I not say something? Either you believe the Bible or you don't. There is no middle ground. Either you believe it or you don't. And if you're going to tell me that everything in the Bible is true, it is very clear that you cannot live in unrepentant sin and go into the kingdom of God. You cannot. And so since scripture is extremely clear on this reality, how can we not speak up? People's souls are on the line. It's beyond beyond the irritation, the welfare of the children, the exposure to filth. It's beyond that. It's people's souls. See, one of the things they talk about Hitler's youth. Hitler, the reason why Hitler had a youth program because he knew it was easier to indoctrinate youth than to change the mind of an adult. So if you want people to live a certain way, it's easier to get them while they're young. So Satan has a vice grip on the youth because the church is weak, because parents are too busy trying to live their best life instead of raising and steering their kids in a morally fit direction. And if your kid gets into sexual brokenness at 10 years old, when DPS is doing, they're trying to get kids at five years old. Kindergarten. 
So if a kid gets into sexual brokenness and normalized sexual brokenness at five, six years old, how much harder will it be for them to break free of that sin? How much harder? Think about it. I am just, I'm just too outdone. I'm just too outdone. But I'm, I'm going to call up with this piece that says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against all, against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. That's the thing. You have to, you got to let it go. You got to crucify that flesh. And I know it's not easy. That's the thing. Sin is fun. That's why people do it. People don't do it because it's boring and it hurt. They do it because it's fun. <laughs> Duh. That's why people sing because it's fun. And when we get into a society like here, Bible Belt abortion storytelling. We're sin and like they purposely attacking Christianity. So we make sin healthy and safe and fun. That's what the lies the enemy is using people to push. And so they okay with it. And you got churches? Don't get me started on these weak churches. Oh my God. I know. Oh, Lord, help me. It is so frustrating. It's like, that's your job. You got to love people. It's about loving people. Like I said before, would you say something if someone was about to get hit by a bus? Of course. Well, why are you not speaking up about people on their way to hell? It ain't because you righteous. It ain't because you holy. I'm not embarrassed by anything I've done in my past. I gave it to God and I repented and I'm on my way. I'm just saying, I'm just not because it is what it is. I sin, I feel short and you got to stay, like I said, you stay knee deep in the word, knee deep in prayer. That's the only way you can make it through this life, living in holiness. There's no other way. And even then you're going to have some stumbles, but it'll be far, few and short stumbles, not major stumbles. Okay. Just saying, because some people will be like, I could just sin and repent. Oh, no, no, no. Romans 6 months, very clean. Should I keep on sinning so grace may abound? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't twist my words. Then goes on to say, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. But I, but this is one more thing in Galatians 6, 1. And I love to point to Galatians 6, 1 because people always like to be like, don't judge, don't judge. And it says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgressions, you who are spiritual shall restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keeping watch, keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted. And that's the thing. We are to bear one another's burdens. Let me stop before I go into a whole nother lesson. That's my point. So we're supposed to say something, but we're supposed to deal with, with the spirit of love and care and kindness. We do it because we love one another. Not because we're arrogant or haughty or better or anything. It's because we love one another. And so Christians need to rise up, speak up, because people are on their way to hell. And I, I don't know about you, but my heart's break for some of the people I am aware of that at this moment, they are on their way to eternal conscious punishment. And it hurts. It hurts. It hurts real bad. But the thing about it is, is what we do is we speak up and we try to catch as many folks as we can. But as long as we sit back and our culture promotes sin, normalizes, it, celebrates it, but depravity is only going to forget more depravity. All right, so thank you for tuning in to Solid Food and make sure you join me again next episode on Tuesday.
It's Style of Food is on all major podcast platforms. Also, be sure to check out my website at www.ChristinaCaramo.com. On Facebook and YouTube at The Christina Caramo Project. On Instagram at Caramo the Great. That's G-R and the number eight. And remember to be brave and bold because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told. Toodles! Toodles!